you're listening to Lighting Up Real Estate with your host, Kendall Lockett. If you're planning to purchase your first property or first home in 2021, you are going to need credit as a part of your financial power. Credit allows you to use other people's money instead of your own. In episode three of Lighting Up Real Estate, CEO of HTP Enterprises Financial, Nicholas Antoine, shared his credit secrets. Now let his company help you build wealth with credit. HTP Enterprises Financial is the company that will improve your scores by erasing negative items, bankruptcies, delinquencies, and more. I'm a personal client of HTP Enterprises Financial and have referred my clients and friends to this company. You get results. So I partnered with HTP Enterprises Financial to offer my listeners $100 off any plan you choose. Just go to the link in the show notes using promo code LIGHTINGUPREALESTATE. Make 2021 the year you use credit as buying power. Episode 27. Today we're lighting up how to buy insurance for your home and rental properties. As always, the goal of this show is to shine a light on people, strategies, systems, and ideas to help you get started in real estate investing. We're on part three of our four-part series discussing home ownership as a real estate investor. Today, we're talking about homeowners insurance. It is 3,000 insurance companies in the United States, and so it is hard to know if you are getting the coverage you need to protect one of your best assets, which is real estate. So my friend, insurance agent Octavia Smith is here to school us on how to choose the right type of insurance for our home, rentals, and even Airbnbs. We discuss how to file claims, understanding deductibles, changing policies, and he even mentions a policy that you've never heard of that you probably need and only 10% of the U.S. have. This is a paper and pen type of conversation, so let's get started. Octavius, welcome to Lighting Up Real Estate. Thank you, Kendall. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, no problem. So you are here to break down something that we don't pay attention to. We're about to buy a house, okay. we're under contract, and all of a sudden the lender calls and says, hey, you need to get insurance. And because we're in such a hurry because we're packing, we're trying to turn right. in documents. We're ready to get in our house and we're on Pinterest every night looking for ideas and painting, paint colors and all that. We're not thinking about insurance. So we just get whatever. Right. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so you are going to break down for us the type of insurance that we need when we're buying a house. Okay. So when you're buying a house, um, the first objective as far as a lien holder is concerned is making sure that I'm protecting that asset, right? right? So I'm loaning you money to buy a house. I need to protect that. And that's what a homeowner's policy does, right? It mm -hmm. protects that. It protects the lien holder against a loss and make sure that if there's any loss, damages, it returns that property back to the exact same condition that it was in prior to the loss. Okay. So the reason that we have to have it is, you know, fire, theft, whatever it is, any damages, it could help put the house back to the way it was prior to. Right. Okay. So does it matter what type of insurance we get? We just call this any insurance company and say, Hey, I need insurance for my house. I got a four bedroom, three bath home mm -hmm. in Atlanta. Insure it. Right. Is it that simple or are we missing something here? Well, it, it can't. Well, yeah, great, great question, Kendall. It can be that simple. Right. So basically, when you're dealing with your insurance professional, depending on who's the owner 
And what that property is used for, it's going to be a certain type of property, a certain type of insurance that's going to be applied to that okay. property. Well, if you're buying that home, that's normally going to be a homeowner's policy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and with that homeowner's policy, what you ha- what we want to make sure that we protect is we want to make sure that we protect the home itself, which is normally categorized as coverage A, right? I'm going to make sure that we protect the structure against any damages, right? To go along with the structure, we have to make sure that we're protecting the contents, right? So if the home is damaged, we got to make sure that we protect the contents, which is normally categorized as your personal property. So from there, there's a lot of different amendments. There's a lot of different uh, adjustments you can make to the property in regards to a lot of people nowadays are buying buying homes and having uh, in-home businesses in the house, right? right? So in order to make sure that that particular risk is covered, you kind of the insurance professional may ask you questions in regards to it. And the reason that you want to let them know is in the event that you have a loss and you are performing your own personal business in the home that may exclude you from being able to collect the damages. Right. Mm -hmm. Or the monies in lieu of the damages. so those are the most common things. I think that most insurance carriers all are going to cover some form of homeowners policies. Uh, there's a little bit of difference in nuances between the policies. The biggest one would be how they pay off claims. Um, there's two predominant ways that most insurance carriers pay off claims, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is called actual cash value. And the other one is called replacement costs. So what's the difference in between the two? Um, so actual cash value is, um, think of it as a roof, right? So you have a home and your home has a roof where there's a schedule that most insurance carriers have for the life of that roof. So the average carrier would say the roof should last 10 years on a home, okay. right? So if you have a loss at, uh, no, excuse me, a roof should last 20 years. So if you have a loss at year 10, well, the roof is 50% through its life. So when it comes down to a claims handling, or if you have a loss on that home, we're only going to pay 50% of the cost of the house, right? Mm-hmm. Be- of that roof, because you've already went through half of the life. The other one is actual, is called um, um, replacement costs. Mm-hmm. And that one means that whatever it costs today and today's climate and today's economical situation, that's the cost that we're going to assess for that roof when it comes down to your damage claim. And uh, there may be a little bit of adjustment in there for wear and tear, but it's not going to be rated at the 50 percent like the actual uh, I think I said replacement cost would be. Um, So those are the two major types of claims that really most homeowners really don't think about when they're buying a homeowner's policy. The biggest thing also when it comes down to your homeowner's policy is going to be your deductible, right? Because a lot of times people just buy at whatever homeowner's policy your uh, mortgager or your lender tells you to get, mm-hmm. not really looking at the specifics of your deductible. Well, when it comes to your deductible, that is the first portion of a claim that you have to pay. So before any insurance money is divvied out or awarded to you, the deductible has to be satisfied. So a lot of people are having claims on a house, roof claims, not knowing what the deductible is. And some of those deductibles can be extremely high. And what you run into is deductibles normally are higher to provide you a lower um, rental premium, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a high deductible, you're going to have a lower rental premium, which means that you're going to have to come out of pocket a lot more in, re- in, in the event you have a claim. Okay. So, so you're saying if it's a high deductible, that means we'll have, explain that again. 
So if so, when it comes to the so think about a deductible as coinsurance, right, right? Right. You and the insurance company are coming into an agreement to handle any damages on your house. Okay. So the deductible is the portion of that particular claim or that particular repair cost that you're going to be responsible for. So normally when you have a high deductible, that means that you're taking on more responsibility for a claim. And if you have, if you if you're willing on to take on more responsibility for that claim or that loss, then you're going to have a lower payment or premium because your out-of-pocket costs are going to be cheaper monthly, right? But vice versa, you're going to have to pay a lot more when it comes down to claims handling. Okay. So then which one is the better one to get? Would you rather have the lower monthly premium? So there's two theories on that, Kendall, and, you know, it really comes down to how you really look at mm -hmm. it. Technically, if you're able to save and if you are able to uh, take the additional monies that you uh, save on your renters, uh, excuse me, on your homeowners policy and invest that, some people think that theoretically it's better off to have a higher deductible because you can take that money, you can reinvest it, you can make more money off of it, right? right? The second theory is if that you're not good with handling money and if you're not if you don't have a good savings, right? right. You want to pay more up front. Ah. Right? So it all depends on what how you are where you are at, what your thoughts are around that, and how you think about it. Uh, me technically, I would say just think about because some of these a lot of your insurance providers are gonna set your deductible as a percentage of your coverage A. So your coverage A is how much would it cost in the event that your total house was a loss, mm -hmm. right? So some of these homes are 400, $300,000. So if you have a 1% deductible, because it's normally delivered in percentages. So if you have a 1% deductible on a $400,000 house, you got a $4,000 deductible. That you have to pay so up that front. that means that you gotta come out of pocket. $4,000 immediately before the insurance to start. Wow. Right, right, right. Yep. Yep. So you got to satisfy that four grand before anything else is actually paid out. So you kind of want to know where you are at with that. You want to know what the deductible is. Right. Mm -hmm. And you kind of want to know what that is going into it. And you definitely want to do that in event you have to file a claim. Right. So before you file a claim, you really want to know, is it something that's going to be covered under my insurance policy? And if it is, what, how much is my deductible? So you can get a better idea on whether or not you can afford it. Because a lot of times, I would say about 80% of all your claims can be handled within your deductible. Okay. Say that again. Okay. So I would say about 80% statistics say 80% of all your damages on your home can be handled by your deductible. So what's the 20% right? that's not handled? Uh, well, the 20% would be like if you had a, a major loss, right? Okay. The major loss. So a lot of people that call in claims are maybe like for water damage. Right? right. Like your faucet may have been left running and you got water in your home. Right. Or somebody you may have hit your garage door or just minor claims. A lot of those are really small claims and can be handled majority of the time within your deductible. Right. When you start to have big losses. Right. You start to have a total harm loss, like your roof completely falls off or you have a natural disaster that completely loses your home. Mm -hmm. Now, instead of you looking at some minor, you're looking at some major. So when you're talking about four hundred thousand dollars, three hundred thousand dollars cost of your home to rebuild it, then that will definitely make it more worthwhile. OK, this is so much. I can see why. <laughs> and I'm guilty of it, too. When I buy right. properties, I'm like, OK, just give me assurance. But when you go into the details of it, this is stuff that right. we really need to know. So right, this podcast right. is for, of course, real estate investors. Right. So let's say that we have we are buying our first home and the goal is to turn it into a rental property. Right. So do we need to be honest and upfront 
from the very beginning, like, hey, I'm going to buy this house, but in a year, I'm going to turn it into an investment? Or do we or do we need to call you when we do make that decision to put tenants in place? Yeah, I think you need to call call your your professional. If uh, you don't, I don't think it's a. I don't think you really have to tell them up front, right? Because mm-hmm. you never know. But whenever you decide to, then you would want to because then you're gonna have to change your homeowner's policy, right? Because then it won't be a homeowner's policy because you're not living in a home. You're not being, you're not really uh, taking advantage of the house. Somebody else is, you're just the owner, right? right. And when you become an owner, then it's really going to change your perspective or your stance when it comes to owning that home. So there's a couple of different ones that most insurance companies have. You have a renter's policy, mm-hmm. means that if me and you own the home and decides we want to get another house, right? So we're going to have a um, we're going to have a rental condominium unit mm-hmm. owner's policy, right? right? Which pretty much means that now instead of me covering the entire premises, I'm just going to cover the entire um, a unit. I'm just going to cover the coverage A, which I'm going to cover the structure. Then I'm going to have a tenant come in and he or she is going to cover the personal property in the house because I don't have anything personal in the home anymore. Somebody else has that. And I may not have to have quite so much liability coverage because I'm not using a home every day. So I don't really have that risk of actually incurring any damages. But the person that living in it will. So me being the homeowner or the property owner, I'm going to have a unit owner or a home, uh, a property owner policy. Uh, a rental dwelling policy, the other person is going to have a renter's policy, right? So, uh, and both those policies are going to work in conjunction with one another. Um, Does that make sense? It does. It makes a lot of sense. So what type of policy should we require our tenants to have when they move into our houses? Uh, You want to have a renter's policy. Is it a certain maximum? renter's policy is going to protect. Well, yeah, you can set it. You can really set it because basically what that's going to cover is it's going to cover that particular individual for their own personal liability. Mm -hmm. Right. So if they're in the house, they're cooking or they're frying something up and the house catches fire. Well, then they just had a loss, which is their fault. They personally want to be covered for their own liability. Right. Right. Uh, They also want to be covered for personal property. Somebody breaks into the home. Right. That's not your responsibility anymore. That's their responsibility. So they want to protect themselves for that. They want to have a degree of separation from that. So you being the owner, you would want that person to have anything that they can be liable for. Make sure they're protected. Right. Because now somebody else is using my property, using my asset. I need to have a level of protection just in the event they have a loss. Right. Um, and I want to make sure. So a lot of times most insurance carriers are going to require if you're going to have a renter owner's policy, you're going to require that particular policy holder to fight to furnish you a lease. Right. Because mm-hmm. I want to have a lease that shows me that tells me that, OK, you have a tenant in there. And you're also requiring that tenant to have renter's insurance, right? So we can have a level of protection. And one of the other biggest things is one of the things that a lot of times people don't know about, you won't, majority of the time, you can't get a homeowner's policy or a dwelling policy if somebody's not living in the property, right? Because one of the responsibility as a person who has that policy is that I have to, within reason, protect that property in event that it has a loss, right? So- If you own your homeowner's policy, if your window busts or you get a hole in the roof, right, and you can't get people to repair it for two days, three days or whatever, you have to be able to take reasonable steps to protect that property. Mm-hmm. Is it going and pouring up the windows? If it's going up, putting a tarp on the roof to stop the continuous damage of that particular property, 
right? right? If nobody's living in there, you don't have that. And that's why most insurance companies are really leery about doing that because your abandoned homes are the ones that are most likely to have losses, right? People breaking in the windows with rocks, stuff getting in there, mm -hmm. water coming in there and just ruining a property. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. So what if we decide to turn our home into an Airbnb? Does it make a difference? Because we won't technically have a renter's policy. You won't have a renter's policy, but most insurance companies allow you to provide a provision in there. You would have to tell them, you would have to be able to forecast how many weeks out of the year you're going to rent it out. Right. And there probably would be a premium adjustment because now there's an additional risk. Right? right. And because of that additional cost, most Airbnb and B owners also um, extend a higher uh, cost to rent that unit or to rent that unit to be able to cover the, the higher insurance costs. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Uh, one thing you really want to do, and I know people are kind of leery of this, but you want to be as honest as you can with the insurance provider. And the only reason you really want to be honest is that in the event that you have a loss and they find out that there's information that you withhold that could impact your rating or insurance, your risk assessment, it could impact your premium. And sometimes they do look at that as fraud. Right. Mm -hmm. Where if you would have told me, Kendall, that somebody's going to be renting this house out, I would have charged you a different premium to really accept that additional risk because you did not. You have breached our contract. And because our contract is bounded. Right. With the uh, with the with the signing of the policy, the provisions you agreed to it. Now we're not going to handle that claim. Wow. OK. So it's very important. And I know that sometimes we think that we can kind of get around it, but there's a lot. When you start talking about having uh, hundreds of thousands of losses or high-end losses, right? They're all, a lot of your insurance carriers are going to do that due diligence just to make sure everything sticks, right? There's a lot of insurance fraud going on right now. So there are people out there in the field. They're just going to look it over. You know, your claims adjusts are going to look it over, make sure that all your T's are crossing I's are dotted and make sure everything is of above board. Um, because believe it or not, when you are entering a contract with an insurance carrier, you basically are saying that within the limits of this contract, everything listed that I'm going to adhere to. Right. And you're going to extend me thousands of dollars worth of liability coverage. Right. In lieu of a premium payment. Right. Right. And I'm going to ask you to be honest with me when we're doing a contract. So if there's any withholding of information, that could be a concern. OK, I'm just speechless on that one right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, insurance fraud has I mean, we, we talk about this within the industry and mm -hmm. I know a lot of people don't hear about it. But insurance fraud is really abound, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that are trying to do things that are trying to take advantage of the insurance company and the public perception. Believe it or not, I mean, a lot of people believe that, you know what, I'm paying insurance, I'm not getting anything from it, I'm not paying any claims, and you know what, I don't really care if they get taken advantage of. And that's a perception of a lot of people, right? Um, but in that sense, insurance is a good thing, as long as you really know how to manage it. And if you can be up front, coming, up front and forthcoming and you kind of know about insurance, know what it really goes into your rating, right? A lot of people don't know, oh my God, why am I paying so much of insurance? What drives the cost, right? right. Well, that was my next question. <laughs> right, right. So there's three overarching, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into your risk assessment. I mean, there are really actuaries that actually go in and do all the statistical data. And there's a lot of things that really go into it. But, it, but the three main driving ones are going to be your consumer rating, right? How likely you, how, how good are you with credit? 
I mean, people that tend to have better credit tend to have, um, you know, less risk adverse, don't really have a lot of damages. Your location, right, based on where you're living at, uh, it could have a higher premium. I mean, if you're in an area that have a lot of storms, uh, if you're in an area that have a lot of, 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 of theft, are you in a really uh, high volatile area? Well, uh, there's more likelihood of a risk. So there's a a lot of different premium than the higher premium that you would pay because you're more likely to have losses versus somebody that didn't. Um, the other thing would be your marriage status, right? I mean, most married people are more conscious um, f- per se um, uh, than other people. So most married people will probably get a better rate than a single person. Isn't that um, discrimination? Something else. You high school. Wait a minute. That's not discrimination. It is discrimination. <laughs> well, no, it's not saying that I'm not going to give you the coverage. I'm basing this off your likelihood of having losses, right? Wow. So if I discriminate, so if they discriminate against you on that, then you, anything where they put those parameters in is can can be considered somewhat of discrimination, or it could be a right because if you do the right things, and we're not talking about race, right? Right. We're not talking about marital preferences. We're just talking about your um, your history or your actions. And your likelihood. So, you know, higher edge people that go to college get a better rate than people that didn't go to college. So there's a lot of different wow. things. How much does it impact you, Kendall? Um, you know, it's kind of hard to say because, you know, they have their own really um, uh, scales they go off mm-hmm. of and, and risks and all that. But at the end of the day, those are this, those are determinants on how much you pay us for when it comes to insurance. Okay, so you're saying if we were to be single, then we get married, we need to contact our insurance company because our premiums can go down. Well, yeah, you're going to want to check your, you want to, you want to, not only that, you kind of want to tell your insurance care anyway, because in the event that, you know, now you're married, somebody else has to be able to make adjustments on a policy, right? right. So you're not the single owner of that policy anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Because you and your wife will definitely split responsibility as far as that asset goes. And believe it or not, he or she will definitely probably liable to it if you have to default on it. So yes, yeah, so I was going to be in good practice to let them know. Okay. And not only that, you want to have people to be able to manage the policy in the event that you can't. You mean, okay, so when you say manage the policy, that means someone else taking over, making sure that the, the payments are being made in the event we're sick or we pass away. Is that what you're saying? Well, to be able to call and make adjustments on it, to be able to call okay. and change policy provisions, right? To be able to call and because in order for me or you to be able to call and make adjustments on a policy, if it's adding coverage, taking away coverage, changing deductible, any type of policy changes, I have to be an owner. And most married people share that responsibility. That. Okay. Right. So let me ask you this. Can you have a policy in an LLC or can it, ha- it has to be in someone's name? No, no, you can have it in a business. Yeah, most businesses, most business entities are actually looked at as individuals. Okay. Right. So yeah, you can have you can have it in a business name. You can have an LLC corporation. Uh, the same applies um, because most insurance companies look at a business as a individual. Nice. Yep. Okay. Okay. So how often do we need to go back and review our insurance policies for our home? Well, I think that's a good question. I think that. So when you, if me and you set our insurance policy up today, based on what we have going on today, that's a snapshot in our life today. So there may be certain things going on in our life that we have to take advantage of, right? Mm-hmm. Or making sure that we're we're covered. I think a good rule of thumb, at least once a year, or if there's any changes as far as lifestyle goes mm-hmm. to your previous point, if I get married, yeah, I kind of want to let my insurance uh, carrier know about that. I need to add somebody to the policy. 
Conversely, if I get a divorce, right, I want to make sure that person's taken off the policy, right? Okay. Now with that happening, will my premium go up? Because I'm single again. That's a good question. I don't know. Well, so the, I mean, it all depends on kind of how long you have the policy, okay. right? And how um, your 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 standing with that particular insurance carriers go. Just because you're married and just because you're single, it may or may not impact your premium. So I don't want people thinking that, oh my God, I'm married now. Now is my rate's going to go down. <laughs> or if I'm single now, my rate's going to go up. No. Okay. Right. There's a lot of different parameters to go into that. That is one thing that we take a take within most insurance carriers. I'm not going to say me, but most insurance carriers take in consideration when they're giving you a rating. Okay. Right. So don't be, I don't want anybody to be swayed with actually not telling, being forthcoming with that. Because I tell you, when people are having losses and claims, they want to make sure they get handled. And you don't want to have to jump through too many hoops, or ask too many questions and do a lot of explaining on something that may or may not be accurate when you're going through the claims process. Because at that point, pretty much there's a lot of different changes, a lot of stressful situations that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have to worry about, oh my God, did I tell the truth or this claim may not be handled? Because that's the last thing you want to think about at that point. Right. That's a great question. Um, well, great comment that you just said, which leads me to this question. So let's say we have a tornado that comes through. How easy or how hard or prepare us to what to expect if we have to file a claim? Sorry. So most insurance carriers know about bad weather because what starts to happen Mm -hmm. is if you got a tornado hit your house, there's going to probably be people in that neighborhood or that area where the same thing is going to be impacted. Right. Right. So we know. Uh, those are the easy ones. Those are the easy ones because we know about the bad weather. We know about the frequency of it. We hear about it in the news mm-hmm. and we got people that are on the lookout for that. So when you, whenever you are dealing with any insurance company, in order for you to start the claims process, the first thing you got to do is file a claim. Okay. Right. So you file a claim. You're going to get in contact with an adjuster. They're going to probably send somebody out to assess it. And then at that point, they're going to calculate the damages and then here you and them are going to agree on it and they're going to issue um, um, uh, checks or damage uh, or cost for the damages to make sure they make you whole again. Right. Right. So, So just keep in mind, insurance is just to make you whole. Right. So insurance is not for profit. Right. So if you have a loss, if you have a loss, they're just going to bring that loss or that bring or take care of those damages to put you back at the exact same condition you was prior to the damage. So whenever you talk about claims, you got to be able to ver- you got to be able to verify it. Right. You got to show them documentation. People are going to want to see receipts. People want to make sure that it's legitimate. And um, so, yeah, those are pretty much the easy ones that you have to go through. And a lot of your insurance companies are really, you know, really quick with that. Um, there's also a provision when you start talking about tornadoes that a lot of people aren't don't really pay attention for. It's like loss of use. Right. right. So there's a provision in most policies called loss of use. So more than likely, if your home is impacted by a tornado, there's going to probably be other if you live in a subdivision anyway, there's mm-hmm. going to probably be more homes that are going to be impacted by that tornado. Right. Right. So there may be a concern with you being able to get your house fixed in a timely manner, right? Mm -hmm. Because at this point, all the repair guys are, are, are are helping other people. The supplies are limited. Resources are limited. It probably going to take us a time to be able to get your house taken care of. So when you start talking about loss of use provision, most insurance carriers have a provision in there where they are set aside a certain amount of money to be able to put you up. 
And some of you would think about that about a quarter of what your coverage aid would be. So if you had a two hundred thousand dollar home valued, they'll probably give you 50K for that. Right. Right. They're able to put you up somewhere while we're waiting for your home to get repaired. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, We really deal with that with people that deal that people we talk about renters insurance. People have a renter uh, in apartment. An apartment catches fire. Now what happens? I'm scrambling. I don't have nowhere to go. I, I'm out of money. Well, if you have a renter's policy, most of your renter's policy have provision to be able to put you up somewhere in the event that you have a loss so you can barely be able to go on with your life. So I'm glad you said that. So in that renter's policy that we require for our tenants to have, mm-hmm. should that be a requirement to make sure that that it, it covers that they go somewhere and they're, it's getting paid for and they also continue paying the rent? Is that? Right. Okay. Yep. 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 It'll be that. Now paying the rent. Now that's, that's another story, <laughs> but at least making these people whole, right? So at okay. least they would be able to, if it's their fault and it's your property, you're going to have, it's going to have a provision there to make you whole again, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be some liability coverage. So I'm going to be able to pay Ms. Kendall, Ms. Kendall, the money that uh, my damage is caused to be able to put a unit back whole again. Right. Um, so yeah, that that's really going to be common in most policies. Okay, so does it matter what the policy that they get? Like, it's a matter of how many kids they have or how many people are occupying our properties that they live in? Um, yeah, those are questions that are asked, mm-hmm. right? Because that go into the risk assessment. I mean, if somebody's always home, somebody's always cooking, the likelihood of somebody's there and causing damages will be a little bit higher than it would be if somebody wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you really want to be forthcoming with those questions and those answers just to keep everything above board. Okay. Is there a certain amount that they should have, like up to three hundred thousand, or does it as far as liability goes? Yeah, for the renter's policy. Like, how do we know? Like, yeah, I don't want them to get the cheapest one (laughs) when it may not cover the house. Right, right, right. Well, so I think for you, if you have an apartment or you have a home that you're renting out, Right. right? First thing would be how much is my, and I want to set liability limits for my for my tenants, right? Mm how much is my house worth? Right. So if I'm, if I got a $500,000 house and I'm going to require my tenants to have a hundred thousand dollars worth of liability. And if they, the house catches fire and it's a total loss where the only thing they're going to be able to provide me out of that policy is a hundred thousand. So yeah, it depends on what I am insuring my level of risk that I'm comfortable with for my tenants. That's normally going to be the amount of money that I want them to have set aside or have the policy set at in event they have a loss. So that would be up to you. Right. So that you can actually tell your insurance provider either how much up or down as far as my liability limits go. Right. Right. The same thing for personal property. Right. Mm-hmm. Personal property. I mean, if you a one bedroom person right out of college uh, in the apartment. It's going to have a lot less personal property than would be a family of five that's using this home, this apartment for long term. Right. Right. At this point, they probably, you know, collected or they probably attained a lot more property and personal articles as far as the value goes. So that's going to be a little bit different conversation. Um, Most of your insurance provider, insurance professionals have questions in regards to that. Mm -hmm. They really ask you questions as to. Okay, Ms. Kendall, tell me about what you got going on in your house, right? right. Um, tell me about the property because right now we've got $20,000 set out for personal property. Is this going to be enough for you to cover all the, uh, uh, the, the, the valuables in your home, right? Right. Um, and, then, and a lot of times when you, when you even take that a step back, a step further, 
you know, when it comes to your homeowner's policies, they do cover personal property, but there's a lot of different special provisions in there where most of them are only going to cover a certain amount when it comes down to musical instruments. A lot of them are only going to cover a certain amount when it comes to jury and furs. So you can have a personal auto, a personal property covers over 50,000, but a lot of your insurance, your insurance policy is going to have provisions that I'm only going to cover jury up to 1500. I'm only going to cover fours. Up, I'm only going to cover furs up to 2000. Mm -hmm. or I'm only going to cover instruments up to 15,000. Right. And then at that point, you're going to probably want to have a conversation about a product called or insurance policy called a personal articles policy. Right. That means that you have that particular but that specific item of jewelry or furs, or, well, you're going to have to, you're going to have to provide me proof and receipts that this diamond ring that you say is worth $50,000 really is worth $50,000. Mm -hmm. Then I will assure it for that amount. Wow. Wow. So does that, that's not also included in the cars because the car insurance is totally different, but that's why many people bundle their car and their homeowner's insurance together. Yeah, well, those are all separate policies. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you take most companies, if you bundle your home and your auto, you would get a discount because you because you have multiple products with us, right? right? The same thing. So, when you think about a homeowner's policy, is basically for your home, cars for your car. Now, the personal property, the personal article policies are just for the personal articles, right? right. That's a separate policy you would have just for that particular item. Mm -hmm or that particular article. So do you recommend like for certain items, like maybe a wedding ring, is it worth getting this policy? Like how, is there a certain dollar amount to where you need like, okay, yeah, you paid a hundred thousand for that ring. You need to get a personal articles policy. I think it would be because if you're looking at the value of mm -hmm. it, you, if you and your husband go on your honeymoon and y'all are in the Mediterranean mm -hmm. and you lose that diamond ring, right? Most, most personal article policies will cover you throughout the entire world. Wow. So you want to make sure you get that insured, right? Anybody to have those, that particular dollar amount of asset, mm -hmm. it would only behoove you to make sure you get it protected, okay. right? Yes. Laptops, computers, there's a limit to that. I mean, most Apple products cost more than 1500 bucks. So you got a lap uh, iPad or laptop and somebody break into your house or a fire damages it, that's going to be a maximum that it's going to pay for computers, irregardless of how much you have. So you really want to have those things really listed out personally or separately to make sure the value is assessed and it's also uh, listed on your policy so you can get it covered in the event you have a loss. Wow. I didn't even know this existed. The personal articles policy. Right. Right. How many people actually get this policy? Um, Most people that are, so most people that understand the concept of insurance mm -hmm. really want to make sure they insure all items and especially when you start to you know, assess wealth and assets, right? right? You want to have a degree of protection because the amount of money that you're protecting versus the premium only makes sense to them. I would say on general, about 10% of people, because a lot of people don't know about it. No. Um, a lot of people ask those questions when they're doing it, but then a lot of people are really, you know, don't really want to spend their, because some people look at it as a cost, Right. They don't really look at the benefit. They look at the cost. Right. Where hypothetically speaking, you got a forty thousand dollar ring and you're insuring it for five hundred dollars a year. Am I looking at a forty thousand dollar ring or am I looking at a five hundred dollar a year to insure it? Right. So it all depends on where you are at and your level of understanding of it. Some people, it makes sense. Some people, it doesn't. Um, I'm a firm believer. You can't really have too much insurance. Uh, I'm a firm believer in making sure that I protect my assets, especially when you start to invest in big high dollar stuff. You want to make sure you hold. 
Um, there's a lot of people that have those type of policies, those type of provisions. Um, a lot of people to, you know, like we said before, don't know about it, not educated in it enough. Right. Uh, and I think that once you kind of get it and you understand it, it definitely be worth your while because there's a lot of money to go into those kind of things. And you can just add this on to your homeowner's policy. Well, it would be a separate policy. Separate. Yeah, it'd be a separate policy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'd be your homeowner's policy along with your personal article policies, you know, along with your auto. So that would be a different, a separate policy. Is there anything else that we don't know about that we should be knowing? About? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the biggest thing, you know, the biggest pitfall, I, and I, I can't, I cannot stress this enough, you know, know what you are covered for, know what you're not covered for. Uh, spend the time to go over your policy, get an understanding of it um, with your insurance professional. Um, the insurance industry has really mandated that insurance providers really make it easy for you to read the contracts, right? right? There can be a lot of technical jargon in there, but if you just really spent the time and just read over it, it's going to make sense to you. If you'd have questions, get with your insurance professional, get a little bit more clarity on it. Um, the worst time to really want to go over your policy is when you have a claim. Exactly. At that, at that point, I'm set, right? You already set no matter what you have. And most people really get upset because the insurance, it's not like, so if you go to Walmart and you go buy something from Walmart and it's not right and you don't like it, you can go and complain or you can have a customer service concern and Walmart's going to take care of you. Because even though on the back of the receipt, it said that you got a warrant after 30 days, I'm not going to handle it. It's in Walmart's best interest because they're counting on you to continue to shop with them to take care of you of that. Well, when it comes to insurance, you know, you trade off premium payment for a certain level of coverages. Right. That's what you're doing. Right. So you need to we want to make sure that everything's covered, because if I allow myself to sway or go outside the contract, well, then that could probably impact my ability to be able to stay insured and make sure the people that I have covered are covered mm -hmm. because they paid the right amount of premium and have the right amount of coverages. But if I start extending out in that, then that could be a problem as far as my claim telling ability. So, yeah, you just really want to spend the time to make sure you're solid with that. And I don't care what type of insurance policy it is. Mm -hmm. All right. If it's homeowners, car insurance, health insurance whatever it is, you kind of want to get a somewhat of an understanding because you can do things that can impact that premium, right? right? You can do things to get a lower rate if you only understood what went into your rating factor, right? Your rating assessment or your risk and assessment. Um, what goes into that for you to come up with a certain premium that I'm paying now? And you have a better understanding of that, then you can pull certain levers and you could do certain things to get the most cost effective policy you can that still fit you and what you got going on in your life. So, yeah, yearly, at least um, I'm really calling on my clients to go with their policies at least once a year uh, because I really uh, don't want I really don't like having the conversations about, oh, my God, oh, um, I got a loss and. I didn't tell you about this and now I don't think it's going to get covered and now I'm leaving myself exposed. So we don't want to have those conversations. Right. right? So we're trying to really be transparent up front and know what they have and don't have. That's a great point. So everybody that's listening, including myself, we are going over our policies tonight <laughs> during the Super Bowl. Right. 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 This week, right. we're going to go over these policies and call our insurance companies. And we're going to look at this because you've taught me a lot. I didn't. Yeah. 
I had no idea about this uh, personal articles policy. Yeah. Um, and I tell you one other thing that I want to bring it up where you talk about the Super Bowl, right? So we'd have homes and we want to get people to come and work on our homes. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is something that I've been experiencing here recently. So I'm going to get Jimmy, the pressure washer, to come and pressure wash my house. Jimmy gets on a ladder, pressure wash my house. Oh, my God. Jimmy has a misstep. Jimmy falls and gets hurt. Well, Jimmy's not licensed and bonded. Whoa. Jimmy's not licensed and bonded. Jimmy fell on my property. I have liability coverages on my property. I am finna come out of pocket. Jimmy's gonna probably sue me for his damages, right? Because the, if the the latter the the latter claims are the highest claims from the Shepherd uh, Institute, believe it or not, the Shepherd Center. Most people are in there for injury due to ladders for falling, breaking their necks. A lot of people aren't insured and bonded. They come and solicit repairs to people's houses. Me being a homeowner, not really asking questions. I'm just trying to get the cheaper rate. Next thing I know, this guy gets hurt. Now I'm now I'm being impacted, right? Right. So you really want to make sure that if you have anybody doing repair to your house, they're licensed and bonded. If they're not licensed and bonded, then you can be responsible for their damages. And when they're going to the hospital and if and their life is flashing before them, the only thing they really care about and their family caring about is making them whole. We ain't got a lot of money. He just started the business. But I know this person over here has four hundred, three hundred thousand dollars of liability coverage on their homeowner's policy. So uh, we're going to file a claim and doctors do encourage them to do that as well. Okay. But can't you guys investigate and see that they may have a history of falling in people's houses? Well, yeah, but if you fall one good time, you're probably not going to get up there and do it again because it's going to probably be so impactful. Right. But I do think that, you know, now they're going to do, they're going to do their due diligence at the end of the day, it's still your responsibility because that's your property. Right. Right. That is your property. That is your asset, your solely responsibility. Once you say it's okay for them to work on it Mm -hmm. and you give them the approval to do it, then you're going to accept their responsibility for damages. Right. They have to be insured and bonded to make sure they take their own personal responsibility for their losses and not you. Right. So they're passing that burden from you to them, which, well, it should be because they're business owners. You should really want to make sure you're getting protected. with. Okay, so if they're licensed and bonded, we don't have to worry. Because we're not hiring them if they are not licensed and bonded. Right. And you want to look at it. Right. Right. And most of these, most of your uh, business owners policies have a minimal limit of a million. Mm -hmm. Right. Because just in event that they damage your home. Right. They got to make sure they're protected. Or even if, in fact, they damage themselves or they damage the workers. Right. So, yeah. So they're going to make sure they have definitely a layer of protection in there. Okay. And that even works for our rental properties as well, especially the rental properties. They have the liability insurance. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you had, you know what? You having a Super Bowl party tonight. Everybody's in there chopping up. Mm-hmm. Y'all throwing back mimosas and having hot wings. Somebody decide to go outside and just get some fresh air. Steps off your porch, breaks his ankle. Who's responsible? You're responsible. Because they're in your property, right? Mm-hmm. You know, somebody gets into a fight at your house and somebody gets hurt and injured. They can sue you. You're responsible. And we don't really talk about that because mm-hmm. we don't really think about that liability who's ultimately responsible if you're if you're ultimately responsible or if you got any onus in this particular issue or situation right um then i can sue you right and your insurance policies especially from liability coverage protects you from getting sued wow mm-hmm. wow yeah. okay i'm gonna have to have you back because you're schooling us on some stuff i had no idea <laughs> 
you know, and, and you know, the insurance, the insurance journey, I would definitely say anybody, when you're thinking about insurance, mm-hmm. you know, it can get complicated because there's so many things that we can use insurance for, especially when we start opening up business businesses and especially as we start to expand insurance is always a great tool to make sure we stay whole and it can get complicated um but i think that the basis of it is a simple concept and it's us really understanding what level of exposure i want to you know uh present myself with Mm -hmm. or expose myself with and how do i protect myself with that right right and just thinking and just thinking through that and most times we think about insurance i'm just buying it just to get it right Right. not knowing there's ways that we can protect ourselves with that Mm -hmm. right and i mean we can set ourselves up with generational wealth for our kids with having this special certain kind of life insurance policies. You know, we can protect our assets by having certain provisions on our homeowners policies, making sure we're crossing our T's and dotting our I's. You know, we can make sure we're protecting ourselves from being sued with with uh with when it comes to car insurance, right? right? In the state of Georgia right now, tort reform is going through the roof because of, you know, you see the Motlick and the Socius of the world. And you see everybody's talking about calling me if you get injured. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Right. That's because the states made it easier for people to sue you if you hit somebody and you have a damage. I mean, the average damage claim, if you get into a car accident and they call an ambulance, is over eighty thousand dollars. Right. But the state only requires you to have twenty five to twenty five thousand dollars minimal coverage where you go hit somebody, they get hurt. You only got twenty five thousand dollars liability coverage. That's all your policy is going to pay. And that's all it has to pay. But then you're somebody that has been making money and you got some assets. You got 401ks and you're making good money. I mean, the lawyers can easily look you up and find how much money you got. Oh, my God. He's only got twenty five thousand dollars liability coverage, but he makes one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. He can afford to he can he can afford us taking twenty five percent of his salary until he pays back this additional hundred thousand. And the court is going to pass judgment on it. Right. So it's just all about you really having understanding your level of exposure. What can you do and what can you and what you should do about it? Right. Right. And like I say, I know that sometimes the biggest thing is I'm paying into something and I don't know if I'm going to ever need it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right. Right. But it's also real bad and not to have it. it is real bad not to have it. So, I mean, you, you roll in the dice either way. OK. I think it's better to say this. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Thank you. Because I definitely want to have you back because I definitely want to discuss like all this, the assets that we're attaining, the listeners. Right. Right. It's that level of protection that we don't talk about. Right. Right. But you know how to help us. <laughs> right, 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 right. There's a lot of different, when you become a business owner, a lot of different layers, a lot of different things you got to do to protect yourselves as far as your assets, goals, mm-hmm. and, and your money. Right. There's a lot of things you need to make sure you do. Um, yeah. So I'm 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 down whenever you are. OK. OK. So for our home insurance and for our renters policies and everything, we're protecting our properties. <laughs> How can we contact you? Mm-hmm. OK. So my name is uh, Octavia Smith, but I go by O Smith and my business is called O Smith Agency. So I'm located in Stone Mountain, Georgia. So my email address is O Smith sf.com and you can also uh, look me up on facebook old smith state farm so we're a local agent here in stone mountain georgia so i'm from fort valley so i'm homegrown and i can assure anybody in the state of georgia uh phone number is 770 770- 
498-2929. We've got a team of professionals and we really put the customers first, right? And our overall goal is to get rid of the I don't know out of the equation and especially your insurance and your financial services journey. So yeah, give us a call. And if you don't need us for services, man, I am also here to be a sounding board. You know, let's have a conversation about what you have, what you don't have, what, why you need this, why you don't need that. My overall goal is just to provide transparency in it. That is all facts. <laughs> all facts. Right. Even if you're out of state listening, you can still call Octavius. He will help you. <laughs> Trust me. Right, right. There you yeah, go. He is passionate about what he does, and we will have him back. Thank you, Ms. Kent. I really appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> Super Bowl weekend. It's going to be a great day today. It's going to be an awesome day. You know what? Who's going to win? We just have Oh man, I have, I don't know who's going to win. I would like to see the Chiefs win. I don't have no dog in the fight. I'm a Falcons fan. So I'm just sitting this one out. I'm just enjoying the festivities. I got plenty of friends down in Tampa, plenty of friends down. I got, I got friends of, I got friends of mine who kids play on, on certain teams. Mm -hmm. So I just really want to see an awesome game. I really hey. want to see an awesome game. I just want them safe. I don't want to hear any COVID. Um, oh my God, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just want everybody safe and having a great time. That's all I want. That's it. Not a super spreader, it. nothing. Just a great oh time. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm with you, little sister. I'm with you. Well, Octavius, we thank you for being a light on the show. And we will have you back. <laughs> thank you, Kano. You have a great day. To learn more about Octavius, just go to lightingupprealestate.com. If you like this episode, subscribe leave a review, and share. That's all for now. Stay safe, stay sane, and stay lit.